Last time on the Reroll Podcast, an old friend joins the resistance. <gasps> Lilac! It's been a long time, Louis. The refugees are forced to flee, hopefully to a safer place. I think it is wise to move to this laboratory where Kella is, especially in light of last night's events. Every minute that we stay here is a gamble, but I'm sure you know that by now. Of course, I wasn't going to let the spider meet its doom. What about William? We gotta bring William with us. Flint wasn't exactly thrilled to meet him. What is he doing? Why is it pointing at me like that? <laughs> help! Somebody help! Shut up! I rode the spider! <laughs> Hell's child, I was getting to that part. Was quite thrilled to make a new friend. The goblin issue is beginning to get out of hand. This goblin threat is becoming worse and worse every day. I think we need to make a move on them. We may be walking into something uh, a little more complicated than just a fight. To complicate matters further, Lilac makes a hard decision. Killer, I, I know I'm sorry, but you have to. You have to step up. We have an opportunity to get help. There's nothing you'd go into the Kravnox for that isn't worth going into the fucking Kravnox for. Be careful out there. How will the Resistance fare this time? Down a member and missing their beloved leaders. Find out this week on the Reroll Podcast. Welcome back to the Reroll Podcast. How how are you guys doing? Average. Yeah, good. I was talking to the Living audience. on a prayer. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so They're I got a doing qu- great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're here. I have a question for you guys. Um, what, what was sort of your first like childhood hero, fictional, non-fictional, whomever? What? Uh, and I'll I'll start off. I'll sort of break this. When I was a kid, of course, this is very stereotypical, but Luke Skywalker was my sort of ultimate hero the ultimate beacon of good somebody i strive to be like um what about you guys who was some of your sort of obsessions or heroes as child i think i have a pretty good one but i wasn't necessarily like a child i was like probably 12 or 13 that is a child true but like no it wasn't like a whole like my whole childhood but um my dad showed me the kill bill uh Kill Bill films, and I just thought Beatrix Kiddo was the shit. And um, I've never seen a movie like that. So until that point, like I had no idea who Quentin Tarantino was or anything, and that like really broke open like film for me and everything. I so it's probably her, Uma Thurman. I want to dance like Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> also, I wonder how many people discovered that they had foot fetishes from watching Quentin oh my Tarantino God. movies. <laughs> I think. Uma Thurman, or Beatrix Kiddo, rather, would beat Luke Skywalker in a sword fight. Yeah. Almost sword definitely. Lightsaber? Yeah. Does she get a Viber, does she get a viber blade? Yeah, oh. I think even, honestly, even giving Luke Skywalker the lightsaber, she still wins. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, well, you can twirl a blade. I can, like, chuck mine from the far end of the room, and you're, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> When I was a kid, I I couldn't decide if I wanted to be Indiana Jones or Batman, so I just kind of did both and just rolled with that <laughs> for a while. Batman Jones, Bat Jones, 
Indiana man. Indiana, Indiana man. <laughs> <laughs> like Florida man, but boring. <laughs> Indiana bat. Indiana bat. There's no cage around here, man. What's up? I don't remember ever having like anyone that I was like, I want to be this person growing up. I mean, when I got a little older, like junior high, I did a report on Amelia Earhart and thought she was pretty dope. She is pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, my childhood years, it was sort of like no thoughts had empty for me. Like, I was just doing shit, just existing. Uh, I did go through like a scene kid phase, if that helps. <laughs> it was yeah. awful. Uh, explain um, this for the old people in the group. What's a scene kid? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, it is so hard to describe, essentially. <laughs> A colorful uh, emo, basically. Yeah, a very <laughs> colorful emo. Uh, something that looks like a mullet, but kind of isn't. Like, I don't... It's strange. Like, emo bright style? You know how they have, like, KFC Pizza Hut combinations? <clears throat> like, imagine, like, Hot Topic Claire's, and then the kids that just sort of pops out. Yeah. That's a That's good a way good to... One. Yeah. Yeah, describe mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. It's rough. My friend cut my hair, and it was not like her hair, and I didn't straighten it a lot, so it looked like shit. <laughs> my hero. My best friend, Danny, growing up. Yeah, if I if I had a hero when I was a kid, I definitely do not remember it now. So, apparently I wasn't that great of a hero. Great. Inspiring. <laughs> yes. Beacons yeah. of hope here. I'm just here to the bring some. All right. It's not our fault that we're not obsessed with Marvel like you guys are. Fuck off. None of us mentioned anything Marvel, I will say. Well, you're a nerd, so you didn't have to. <laughs> I do have a Marvel t shirt on, I guess. Let's say Disney owns uh, LucasArts and Marvel now, so there's still some connection there with the Indiana Jones stuff, but. I just remember getting like my fourth concussion when I was like eight and oh. my doctor was kind of like, this kid isn't going to turn out very good. Do you guys? I just <laughs> forgot all of his childhood heroes. He'll never remember any of them. God damn it. That, that could be the problem. Don't show this kid movies and don't let him fall asleep. <laughs> okay. I will say one movie I did find very inspiring when I was younger was the movie Spirit. And that's oh. about a horse. <laughs> I don't know why, but I loved the fuck out of that movie. Uh, he was an independent young horse. <laughs> that's, that's all I fucking remember. I can't remember anything about that fucking movie. <laughs> it was great, though. I loved that shit. Spirit stallion who could not be broken. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough about horses and Indiana Jones. Let's get back into the action. So... We're going to do a just small sort of jump forward in time. We ended with a pretty heated debate last time on Lilac's goals and, and action she is taking. Um, you guys had managed, of course, to move the resistance to the alchemy lab. And Lilac and Treebark are getting ready to head off into quite an expeditionary adventure. So we will focus in on you five and the cat and uh, tell me what you guys are 
planning. What's what's the next step for whatever this gang of miscreants is called? Well, I think it's important that we start training this lot. They don't seem like they're going to be they don't seem like they're going to survive that much longer. But also, what's behind the door? I've tried kicking it as many times as I could, and it's not opening, so we just gotta forget it. <laughs> the fairy already told us that the path to the Feywild, essentially, is behind the door. Uh, I believe we're supposed to be taking care of the goblins, though, while we're here, if I remember correctly. As well as the Hellriders are coming again, we have to hold, hold this down. Uh, the Hellriders, I don't believe... We'll be here. Um, well, I I guess I can't quite remember, but I yep. thought that we were not facing the Hellriders necessarily. They were going to come eventually, but I think we had hoped that Lilac and Tree would be back before then. Is that well, they also right? don't necessarily know where we are too. So if we if we lay low, yeah, hopefully we, also- we can stay under the radar. We also need to go take care of the house as well, because we never closed that off, I don't think. And Maximus did say that the door protects from dangerous things that could come through. Maybe we should double-check that, like, they can't get through without him opening it. If it's keeping things in, I think we should just leave it. Yeah. Right next to your head, Flint, a small fairy appears and is like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Just the one I wanted. Nothing. <laughs> hey, Max. Hey. You said dangerous things could come from the fairy gate, right? Yeah. Can they get through the door without you? Nope. You're sure? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep it that way, shall we? Oh, hi, Max. We were just talking about my childhood hero, Indiana Man. (laughs) I'm a fan of Iowa Man myself. (laughs) He has corn. (laughs) He eats it while he's driving. (laughs) (laughs) You may have seen him. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, PSA. The Reroll Podcast does not condone eating corn on the cob while driving. It is very dangerous, and I will have none of it. And that's the most <laughs> and we're confusing to the rest of it's us. The most, yep. It's very it's dangerous the most that needs to be and confusing. <laughs> and confusion <laughs> makes me angry, so stop. Sounds delicious. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if I'm like even like dexterous enough to eat corn on the cob with one hand and operate a motor vehicle at the same time. Because in most scenarios, I think I would have to use two hands, especially if there's like butter involved. Well, right. keep in mind, the person I saw eating corn on the cob while driving was not driving with their hands. They were just fully eating corn on the cob. and <laughs> So they got their priorities like completely sorted out. What if you hold yeah. the wheel and the cob holders at the same time and just kind of lean into the wheel? <laughs> You, I'm just saying you get, could hook your arms those, like... in the wheel and then eat the corn on the cob on the top above it. I don't know why he didn't just lean all the way back and use his toes to drive. Get some relaxation in there while you're eating your corn. 
Or just get one of those like harmonica brace things that like guitar players <laughs> use, but just put corn on the cob on it. And you're yeah. good to go. Your hands you got a hands free corn on the cob experience right there. You can do whatever you need to do. You got your, you got your cobbed corn right there in front of you. Bob Dylan had such a narrow mind when he mastered the harmonica. He didn't even realize the potential of eating corn on the cob. <laughs> a singer songwriter like loudly eating corn on the cob into mic while like playing guitar. <laughs> Come gather round, people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. Anyways. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyways, Indiana Man was going to (laughs) come (laughs) in. Well, I need to get my forge set up. It's been far too long. Is that cat been bugging you, Max? What? The cat. Is he still bugging you? Well, you brought him back here. Uh, he left, and, you know, I don't know. And the cat's just, like, looking at him, tail whipping. It's like, I think he's warming up to me. I didn't bring him back. should definitely keep an eye on him. All right, so so what's the next step? Going to build your forge, Roth? Uh, yes, sir. Um, Training montage? Rocks right away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, at this point, probably, you know... Early afternoon, if you guys want to accomplish some things, we can totally do that. Um, yeah. Groth, you know Louie would be more than happy to help you gather rocks and, and assemble this forge. Uh, what does everybody else want to do? Because everyone's right, just going to look oh. around and uh, see if there's anything we can kind of, like, make into, like, training spears, basically. You could probably harvest some smaller sort of branches and things and... and make little uh, uh, makeshift staves. Yeah, they don't have to be, like, fancy or anything. Sure. I can at least make some ends that won't splinter. Stay dull forever. Um, I would like to... I guess I... If you wanted to have us roll anything, I'd probably be trying to help Flint out, sort of, but, like, not necessarily with finding shit, more like with gathering people to train them how to like move essentially like doing some advanced yoga or whatever to show them the poses and like how to like uh center yourself and like use your core to throw shit all that stuff okay maybe surviving we'll we'll come back to this uh maybe survival i'm thinking maybe even acrobatics like if you want to focus on more like combat sort of like being nimble um, yeah, I'm into that. Bo, what are you doing? Uh, I I think that Bo is going to kind of roam around and um, ask people about their, like, if they have any beliefs or um, and how that plays a role in their life. And just to kind of get an idea of, like, these people in their lives and and how religion plays into it. Okay. Um, Shadow, what about you? Um, I think if we're kind of montaging like a few hours or a day, Shadow just keeps kind of popping up in random places, usually with food in hand. And so like at one point she'll be near Groth and being like, oh, that's cool. You should show me how to do it. And then like disappears. And then like she shows up where Flint's training people and kind of looks at one of them. She's like, the real trick is making powerful friends. And then like minor illusioning, kill them. And then like 
winking and walking away. And at one point, she's listening at the door to the Faye thing. Um, and later, she's like just kind of watching the cat. But she probably spends most of her time like going out and looking at the spider and seeing if it attacks her or lets her come close again and trying to feed it and stuff. Okay, great. All right. All right. So we'll go ahead and start with Groth. Uh, Groth will say you, you sort of meet outside with Louis Hamilton and you see Louis and he's sort of sitting on that uh, rundown bench out front, just watching the people come and go. And he is like heavily uh, inhaling and drawing on this wooden pipe that he has. Um, it's actually in the shape of a, a ram's head. Very nicely crafted. Well, looks like we got uh, we got our work cut out for us, Louis. I, uh, I assume you're capable of uh, cutting a hole for the for the intake. I, of course, I could do that. Uh, where are you thinking of setting up this forge? Oh, probably on the outside patio. For some reason, uh, Kella didn't think that having the forge inside would help people sleep. What are you talking about? You get that new forge smell and the the smoke really like lulls you into a sleep. All that carbon monoxide really knocks you right out. That's how we get dwarven children right to sleep. Hold their heads Asphyxi right over the top of the forge. Asphyxiation. I can't say that. Asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> little, little bump of uh, monoxide. And every, every pound that you hear. You know it's just a weapon getting better that's going to be in your hand. <laughs> How is that not allowing you to sleep? It's the music of craftsmanship. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can cut a thing. Alright, well enough. I'll, uh, I'll get to carrying. I'm going to go out and, uh, yeah, just pick stones. Uh, go ahead and give me... I would say either survival or perception. Either one of those would work for me, I think. Or athletics. Well, I mean, no, that's on the table. Uh, it's an 18. What'd you roll? Uh, nat natural 13? 18? No, athletics? Yeah, athletics, sorry. Okay. Louis spends his time sort of uh, um, cutting like an intake hole over this awning uh sort of outdoor covered patio and setting up the preliminary staging area for this forge and you, and you come back in a couple hours just with this heaping sack of rocks bouldering to the extreme and just two large boulders under your hand just walking by and <laughs> you probably even walk by uh um lilac at one point and she's like looking at the rock that's bigger than her under one of your arms and you just kind of nod she nods back to you. A big ass hair buckle slaps my ass. And then thud. <laughs> I think this is where Shadow pops up when he goes to put down that like big rock. She's actually just sitting on top of it and then sets down a smaller rock on top and she's like, You're welcome and then runs off. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated, child. That'll be our uh That'll be our respiration. Block fuck I Wow. I completely forgot a fireplace word there. The butt plug. It's our, yeah, it's it's As we so call on the forging industry. <laughs> that'll be the uh, that'll be the butt plug on the forge. The bunghole plug. Um Louis starts helping you sort of unload 
these uh, stones and boulders and arranging it in, in place. And he says, So what good do you really think we can do against the Empire? Well, we can make steel for what the fuck we want to make steel for instead of for them. Right, but let's say we arm these two dozen men. We train them how to be killers. We make them into the best damn soldiers they've ever been. What what hope do we have against an empire? We cut Pavel Mikos, Mikov's head off. Next best thing is... We have Inquisitors raining down on our table, or full legions storming the gates of Brambleton. What, where gates used to be, we don't even have perimeter defenses. You know, Louis, I've heard the same said about the Goliaths. But armed with my steel, we grew faster than you would have ever expected. It's not just about these two dozen men. It's about everyone that'll inspire. A pinhead. No, that, that was a that was a nat one on coming up with it. <laughs> An old adage on the spot. He goes, "Are you a fucking poet? What? I don't." That's... Every knife comes down to a, the finer the edge, the better the, the fucking a few guys can make a big difference. You know, I'm what gonna I'm make some swords. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a headache, and you, you guys continue to <laughs> arrange these stones in place. Um, all right, uh, Flint, let's go to you. Flint, you're sort of gathering, if I'm correct in, in uh, recalling, you're gathering some wood to make training uh, practice spears, correct? Yeah, well, if, um, I a, well, is, uh, Star's kind of, like, doing some, like, preliminary training stuff with all the, I don't know, calm recruits, I guess, with all the, uh, the other people right uh yeah sure in fact we could go okay. to star first if that makes i was gonna say i kind of want to make these staffs get them over to these guys so that star can kind of like lead because if okay uh, uh yeah octavia if you're cool with me going after you i kind of have a thing that i want to do sure okay go. well we'll pivot uh star what uh so you're teaching some preliminary movements basic stances uh, uh what do you do um, so I think Star sort of has everyone lined up in a handful of rows, and she's, you know, up at the front going, okay, you want to hold, when you're holding a bow, you want to hold your, uh, your main arm out, and you want to keep that nice and strong, because that's where your arrow is going to fly at. Um, so pick up that stance, and I'll come around and show you how best to hold that. And she goes around and just is bumping people's elbows up. And she's like, this is your support. You never want to let that go down. Um, lest you shoot poorly. In fact, at, at one point you come across a member of the resistance with uh, a severed arm that's cut off right below the elbow. And he gets frustrated and he's got this salt and pepper hair and he just that's long almost to his shoulders and he shakes it and says what's the point of me practicing with a bow if i'll never be able to fire um star kind of she gives him a nice once over and she goes just because you've lost part of your body doesn't mean that you've lost your spirit. Perhaps you won't ever shoot a bow. But who knows? 
medicine and science advance every day. If you'd like to try a different weapon, I'm more than happy to equip you with one. Perhaps a spear, or perhaps even a crude sword. I'm not exactly sure what our giant friend here is capable of making, but truly, all I'm trying to do here is show you that you have the power within yourself to protect yourself and to protect the people that you care about. Don't let this disability make you feel weak. Let it empower you. I want you to take from this frustration and put it towards the exertion, the excitement of the hunt, if you will. I know it can be hard to see the brighter side of things, but I want to see you come out of this a real hero, a real warrior, because I know you can do it. Roll a persuasion. I'll give you advantage for that as well, because I'm inspired myself. That was good. That was good. Thank you. It was on the spot. <laughs> um, let's see. That was a 21. Okay. Looking this guy up and down, he's, he's a little skinny, little underweight, but he's got some tone and strength to his body. Uh, in fact, he... His... Where his feet are placed and his sort of stance, he clearly possesses some basic training. And you see kind of like a, a twinkle in his eye. Uh, maybe the seeds of hope. Something that you haven't seen a whole lot of around here. Hmm. What is your name? Uh... My name. <laughs> Donovan. Donovan, if you... Do you think that you could handle a sword? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I could, but you mentioned something about a... About a spear. Maybe... Maybe putting a little distance... Between me and the enemy would be good. On that note, he just hears, Hey! And looks over and I, like, flick chucks a like bow staff at him uh can star roll like something to try and catch it for him <laughs> you could just catch it okay cool she catches it um so she catches it while still like talking to him and she's like <laughs> i think i'm going to talk to our uh a weaponsmith and see if he can't come up with something useful for that arm perhaps we can Fix a shield to it, or something of the sort. But I'll talk to him and get back to you. You begin to sort of walk your walk away, go to the next recruit, and he says, Wait! Thank you. Anytime. I know that it can be hard, especially when it seems that the whole world is against you, but what's important is to not give up on yourself. Yes. Take a reroll. That was a good scene. I really like that. Nice. Nice. Take one Thanks. of Zane's rerolls, in fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> give me that shit. I only have six. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> no, I, I have like two. The Federal Reserve levies Zane's <laughs> I can just keep printing rerolls. It doesn't affect Eat the, the rich. economy. <laughs> Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Okay. Um... At this point, I think a, a good measure to uh, pivot over to you, Flint. 
Okay. <laughs> so, um, kind of like been spending a lot of time just sort of observing what I imagine is like, you know, maybe like an, uh, maybe like an hour or two, you know, of like, of Star just kind of like going over the basics of like balance and like footwork and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so Flint's just gonna kind of like, sort of like take the lead and just say, uh, just start, kind of address everybody and just say, uh, listen, I know, I know you all have been through a lot and I need you to know things are going to get a lot harder. But the other thing that I need you to know is that it's not always going to be structured like this. When you're in a real fight and when death is mere inches away, you will forget most of everything that I teach you. Except for one thing. And Flint's just going to like... Uh, so tell me about like how many people are there and like what's the like without going into too much detail like what's the general makeup of this group of people description like and name for or each it's like six <laughs> yeah. description name voice for each and uh, elaborate backstory um right. <clears throat> you're sitting just under two dozen okay a lot of them seem to be either very young on the side of you know 14 to 16 or old on the side of uh 45 plus uh a couple of them look to be in sort of good physical shape but like donovan have some sort of detriment or disability um yeah it's youth okay. mixed with that, age that kind of tells me i think what i need to know so yeah um yeah, so uh, Flint's gonna kind of walk up to one of the like one of the oldest guys and just say, uh, "If anything, just remember this: the people you're fighting, they don't play by the rules. They'll find your weaknesses, and they will strike." And then he's gonna slug this old dude right in the stomach <laughs> as hard as he can. <laughs> yes, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can I help? I hate it. What the fuck did you do that for? The the Donovan steps forward and he's just um yeah on this Flint's gonna pull out his short swords, point one at Donovan and put the other one to the old dude's throat. He freezes. Not a step closer. And he's gonna also kind of like shoot Star like a glance too, just like you know, like maybe I... just to be like, hey, just let this play out. Yeah, no, Star is standing at the head of the um uh like group, I imagine. Flint has sort of walked through some of the lines that she's made, and Star is just standing there, watching intently, and she... Emotionless, essentially. She knows what it's like to be in battle. She knows what it's like to be trained and how ruthless it can be. Um, and she knows, essentially, this is for their own good. Okay. And he even... Donovan even glances over at you and sees, you know, you're clearly not going to intervene. He's like, what kind of fucking training is this? I'm going to tell you what happens next. Are you listening? Yes. This world is cruel, and it will take everything from you if you let it. I have more training. I am stronger than most of you. And if I get... I'm going to count to ten. When I get there, if you haven't stopped me, I'm going to kill this old man. And he presses the sword up a little bit tighter to his neck. Am I understood? 
and you see this like clenched teeth sort of jaw uh, jawline like tightened uh, sense of anger from this guy he just gives you a curt nod so yeah Flint just kind of looks around ten nine and if you want to roll initiative on this I'll totally fight this group of people alright let's do it roll initiative cool Star wants to shout to all of them um, remember this is not fair game play dirty I know you can do it. <clears throat> um, it's not very good. It's a nine. Okay. Back tap immediately. Instant down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you start counting, like you get a second between, and there's this sort of like once you get to nine, there's this sort of tension in the air, and nobody moves. But the second you hit eight three of them, including Donovan, moves. And Donovan even, like, sort of ducks down and rushes to you. Um, wow. Natural 20. Fuck, nice. yes! <laughs> that just, inspiration that I gave him? He just, like, <laughs> shoulder down, like, pure rage, and he lets out this, like, and he just, like, pushes his right shoulder into your stomach, and it even almost knocks the wind out of you for a second as you both sort of begin to tumble back. Um... The two behind him run up, and one of them sort of uh, pulls the old man aside, and the other one just sort of stands at the ready, um, picks up a rock on the ground. Uh, it's your turn. Okay. Are we prone? Yeah, you guys are both prone, sort of wrestling around, I think. Okay. Yeah, to, uh, even if this is, this isn't, I don't necessarily have to do any damage to this guy, but just, like, to kind of flesh it out a little bit more, uh, like, and really sell that Flint's not playing around. He's going to punch this dude right in the face. Yeah, I mean, roll to hit. Like, let's let's play okay. this out. Uh, so what do you do? You want me just to roll unarmed for that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is the plus to hit for unarmed? Is it your? Uh, I think it'll. It should be the same as your short sword if you just want to roll that. I think. Okay. Uh, flash twenty. Okay, so yeah, you punch him right across the face, square in the draw. It should cool. also have and your unarmed I'm... stuff on the D and D Beyond actions. Oh, no, yeah, I still don't have the bottom. Um, okay, do I get another move after that? Or Yeah, you can. Uh, would get an attack for opportunity, but you can move. Okay, well, I just want I just kind of also just kind of throw him off of me and stand up, basically. Okay, that's fine. Um, and then uh, after doing that, yeah, just kind of looking at the back of the rest of the group and just say, uh, like, I'm just, like, he's, like, Flint's going to, like, raise his swords like he's fucking ready to go and just say, come on, I'm not done yet! Uh, okay. Donovan rushes forward and he has this like wooden sort of blunt spear and he goes to sort of rake it across your face um it goes with a 10 so I imagine he brings it up and what happens you tell me I'll just deflect it and like kind of like in a taunting way throw it back the other two rush forward um well actually one of them has the old man and the other one throws a rock at you but again just sort of widely misses just out of practice it's your turn Okay. Just the yeah, end upon deflecting too. Just Flint says, "You're gonna have to fight harder than that, or I'm gonna take that other arm, boy." <laughs> and uh, goes to like sweep his legs, try to knock him over. Okay. Uh, yeah, just roll me an attack. Okay. It's uh, a six. Okay, so he sort of jumps back and gets his footing, and you can see at this point too, he does have some sort of basic training. Okay. 
And then going back to his turn, he tries to jab at you with the spear, but again, you just sort of casually deflect. Um, and you can tell, like, this is uncomfortable for him, that maybe the arm he lost was his main uh, uh, sort of weapon-fighting arm. Um, cool. But at this point, another one of the citizens joins in, an older man, and he sort of rushes up to you. Thirteen? Uh, uh, nope. Okay, so he sort of goes to dive at you. You just sort of step to the side and he stumbles down while the other one picks up another rock and throws it. 16? Uh, yeah. Okay. And this is, like, you're not going to die from this damage, but I'm going to give you just, like, three points of damage from the rock. Like, sure. Hits you right in the head. Um, so yeah. Uh. Yeah, uh, like, after this, just Fletch is going to... And then, um turn back to the rest of them and just say, I'm gonna kill this cripple, and then I'm gonna kill that old man, and I'm gonna kill all of you if you don't stop me! And, like, kind of, like, gesturing, like, to everybody, like, hey, you know, there's fucking 20 of you and one of me, why haven't you stopped me yet? I think, a uh, Shadow will be nearby at this, and send a whispered message to the old man he's been threatening, and just be like, you're gonna let the others fight for you? You're not gonna join in? <laughs> I think while this is all going on, Star is, um, she's looking out, um, sort of, like, evaluating everyone, seeing what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and she also, uh, will yell out to them, you need to work together. One, you have 20 of you here. Be smart about this. And she's just kind of coaching them as they come at him. Okay. Give me, Flint, give me an intimidation with advantage from all your friends helping you. And I think it's intimidation because you are using your strength and threatening to try and get a rise out of them. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, 19. Okay, I think at this point, a good six more of them join, and you're almost to about half of them, while the other half is kind of paralyzed in fear. But at this point... Does the old uh, man join in? What? Did the old man join in? Yeah, I I'll say the old man sort of... This goes starts breathing heavily and it's just like there's more of us than there is of that dwarf let's go and he runs and he's quickly overtaken by some of the younger men that are uh, uh, going with him the gentleman uh, Donovan rather uh, goes forward and misses again with the spear and you kind of throw him back aside but at this point three of them have sort of used this opportunity to swarm onto you um one of them, you just sort of hilt to your short sword flint, knock him in the head. Another one sort of, like, shorter checks you and brushes you off. Well, um, the last one, who is this old man, just kind of, like, again, sort of tumbles around with you and knocks you prone. And actually sort of restrains you a little bit there. Um, and flint, at this point, it is your turn. You have this old man on top of you. And he sort of, like, has his elbow into... Uh, your clavicle and it's it's an uncomfortable position uh, <clears throat> so what's yeah okay I mean Flint's just gonna like yeah just sort of try to knock this dude in his face fight dirty get back up okay roll to hit uh, 19 okay yeah you just sort of bring your palm up and just crack this old man's nose and blood starts gushing out and you just sort of throw him off of you. Do you stand up? Uh, yeah. 
And, yeah, le- yeah, leap into his feet. Um, As you stand up, the guy with the spear has pivoted himself in place and takes an attack of opportunity and hits you with a 19. Nice. And boom, just like seven damage right to the face. Like, cracks you across the brow. Um, Yeah, blood like streaming down his face and just kind of fury in his eyes. Yeah, Flint's just like, good, find that anger and use it! And uh, is gonna like, kind of like, maybe is getting a little to it, is gonna go take a swipe at the spear guy with one of his swords. Okay, go to hit. The sword, getting in there serious. Mm-hmm. Give a fuck. He doesn't hit him though. You take a swipe with your sword, and an elven arrow lands at your feet. <laughs> and Treebark says, "Enough." And the, there's like tension as this guy sort of white knuckles his spear, uh, seeing that sort of you know. I imagine your your blade. You know, a lot of your equipment has kind of fallen into disrepair, but I imagine your blade is pretty damn sharp, and just seeing that fly by his face, face um, adrenaline is pumping, and the uh, elven arrow between you two, Treebark, steps forward and says, he looks at you, Flint, and he says, you have made your point. Not yet, I haven't. And kind of, like, looks at the spear guy. I think Star wants to sort of butt in as well with, like, talking to Treebark, and says... I understand your concern, but if you keep treating them like children, there will be no glory of winning the battle. These people will fall, and they know that. If we don't tell them, if we don't show them what it's really like out there, they're not going to have any, any concept going into this. We're teaching them to Uh. defend themselves. I promise you I will step in if anything needs to be done here. I won't let him kill anyone, but... They need to learn. She looks over at the <clears throat> man holding the spear and, like, hopes that he catches her gaze because she's, like, looking at him proudly. Like, she gives him a nice nod. She's like, you've done well. Um. Yeah, kind of piggybacking on that. Flint's just going to sort of, like, look around at the rest of the crowd and just, be, and just say, uh, nah, the elf's right. These people aren't soldiers, and they never will be. And just kind of, like, spits on the ground and walks away. Treebark looks at you, um, Star, and says, This is day one. I understand the purpose. But right now, and he looks to Donovan and he goes, You have a leader. Plant those seeds and cultivate them. Pushing that dwarf to taking off his other arm would just demoralize this group. Find a balance. I won't be here next time to draw the line. Star gives him a nod and she says, I will. And I hate to say it, but my line will be further back in the sand than yours. I wouldn't have let him take that man's arm. I see the potential in him. But thank you. He gives you a nod and he says, you will do good for this group. And you both look over, and it Flint, maybe even you look behind your shoulder, and you have Donovan sort of, like, walking around and helping up some of the other men that you threw off. You have a group who has gathered around the original old man that you uh, 
put the blade to who charge back in and they're like are you okay and everything and there is you know it's not perfect it's obviously the start but you see potential yeah and so yeah to himself so no nobody really sees flint just kind of like cracks a blood soaked smile kind of heads back inside uh Grath was hoping to catch flint on his way by and hand him a sword that while he was watching this whole thing unfold he was just doling this sword down like it, it started doling it Groth has made it duller it says uh, use this for uh for practice next time to make the make the lambs feel a little more comfortable I appreciate that I saw you miss on purpose but uh they didn't yeah things are gonna be quite uncomfortable I think for these people for a long time but make it a little bit easier not to mortally wound them, I suppose. Um, to sort of help wrap up the scene, can I, um, would it be, uh, I guess, I don't know. Can I say that I know of, like, a semi-healing salve? Like, it's not going to heal them, heal them, but it's, like, something that can, they can like, put on. As, like, like, maybe a something like a pain relief or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, definitely. I'm going to gather up the rest of them and say, anyone that can move, uh, come with me. We're going to go pick some herbs to uh, make a healing salve for your wounded comrades. And with that, they sort of head off and go find some wildflowers, pick them, mush them up. And she starts helping tend to everyone as well and talking to people about their fighting styles, answering questions. Okay. Um, Flint also wants to kind of like mostly just pass by Bo, like just have a quick word. But yeah. So I don't know what Bo's up to right now. Well, let's uh, actually tackle Bo, uh, you going to everybody I else. I changed my mind. Okay. Because um, I don't think we've given Wesley a proper burial, have we? He's still there. No. I wanted to gather, get a group together to go retrieve him and also have some people working on digging a grave. So but so that we can accomplish this before Lilac and um, Everglade leave. Well, I will say uh, Lilac and um, Treebark will go with you, for sure. Yeah, I thought that they might, so I wanted to bring it up. What do you say? Uh, how do you approach this? I mean, I'd probably go to find Lilac and um Everglade is his, is his name, right? Make Tree sure Bark right. Everglade. Okay, because sometimes we refer him to one or the other. Um I'm gonna go find Everglade or Lilac or if I can find them in the same space, that's even better. Yeah, I think you, you actually find them sort of gathering uh, materials for their journey. They've got their bedroll, they're attaching to their uh, traveling packs and heavier furs that they're laying out and sort of taking stock and inventory counting rations. Do you have any spare time this evening before you leave? Treebark uh, stands up and he says, um, yes, uh, uh, possibly. What, what do you need assistance with? Um, I just wanted to let you know I wanted to organize a burial for Wesley. Um, I don't feel like it's right for him to be sitting out there by himself. I think he should bury, be buried with his people here. And I think we have enough hands to get it done. I think that it may, would mean a great deal if he, you both were there, and I know it would probably mean something to you too. Um, so I wanted to organize this for tonight. Yes, of course. 
Lilac, um, do you mind getting a couple people together and preparing a burial? Bo, I will go with you. We'll retrieve his body. Understood, and I know you're busy, so, um... I can make time for this. And he, he pulls out his bow, and he's, There's nothing more sacred to me than assisting the passing of this young soul. Oh, if you need any more assistance getting packed, I can definitely help you. I think the sooner we can get that body get back here, the better. Yeah. So you guys begin to travel... And it's only about an hour away, so it doesn't take too long. But it is, you know, an hour there, an hour back. And, and you guys know the way uh, Treebark is with you. Um, and you get back to Wesley's body. And at this point, gone through some serious decomposition. And Treebark approaches. Did you cast General Repose? I thought I did. Maybe do I, I don't know if it was my intention or if I actually did do that. I don't know if anyone remembers. I don't think he did. What was it? Gentle, Gentle repose. repose. It keeps them from I mean, if decaying. They, if he I wanted mean, to, I don't you know. If you were, if if you had you, planned on coming back, I feel like you probably would have. Do you have the spell prepared? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We can, we can. If okay. we didn't, I know do it I had the intention. Prepared. I just don't remember if I actually ended up being able to do it. Okay. So I feel like that's something I, I did like a small prayer yeah, and I put like a little flower on his chest. I remember that. I just don't remember yeah. if I had also cast a spell. But maybe maybe no one else had would notice that I had. I so. mean, you'd notice at this point as you and we'll say you did. Um but you guys Treebrex uh enters the clearing and he says here. This body's actually in incredibly good condition for how long it's been sitting. It doesn't look like any animals got to it. I assume this has something to do with your magics? Yes. Um, I figured it would make it a little easier since I knew we would have to come back. May I ask you something? Sure. Why do you care about this? I've... I've heard tale of priests and clerics of extended caliber and most of those at least of Methuselah's watch reports on especially coming out of Blackreach and the Riverlands most mostly they care about coin and, and blessing soldiers why do you not that I I of course appreciate it but why are you here I care about the natural processes of life and death I think it's very important to honor these natural processes. And at this point, I think you guys are picking up the body as well and starting to carry it. And so you guys continue through the forest. Uh, Treebark has the legs. You have sort of the chest area. And he just says, I don't mean any disrespect. I know, of course, you care about the balance, but what god do you serve? Who, who are, are you a warrior priest? Why... Brambleton, why the Riverlands? Well, I'm a grave cleric. I, um, I guess you could say worship Cosmios. Cosmios? If you've ever heard of him, heard of them. I'm afraid my religious knowledge is a bit 
narrow to the Okel. What is Cosmios? A human god? Are you familiar with the Temple of Dusk? No, I'm not. Well, I guess I'll start with Cosmios. Um, Cosmios is a god of natural order and balance. So as much as life is important, so is the process of death. And it's important to honor those things. My people would agree with you. Uh, I think you would fit in quite well with the Okel culture. Death is just as important as birth. You return to the dirt beneath your feet, and it is the one thing we all have in common. Yes, exactly. And actually, you might be surprised to know that there are moon elves and sun elves alike who join at um, a reestablished temple to commune about these beliefs. Specifically. We do have a large concentration of Lunel who operate out of the Kravnok Mountains. Occasionally they will stop for a respite in the Forest of the Oak, but I'm a little surprised I haven't heard of this temple. Maybe I'll show you someday. I would be honored. And you guys continue through the forest with the body of Wesley and eventually returning you sort of lay him down outside of um, the tree line and he says what is happening here and you see him pull an arrow knock it and release it and f your eyes follow the arrow as it looses and <laughs> right between Flint and a one-armed uh, member of the resistance of course Treeberg goes there and seems to have a conversation but I think you're probably a little more engaged with this body beneath you and probably you, holding him like in my arms because he's a kid he is a kid yeah holding him in your arms and, and really realizing how young he is and as much as maybe the natural order is your sort of thing it's it's still devastating yeah yeah especially for someone so so young then after this conversation, you kind of see Flint just kind of like covered in blood and sort of just like trudging your way. And um, on approaching, he just sort of leans in and kind of like, you know, looks at the body and just says, uh, he's definitely out of breath. He's, <sighs> me and Cat Lady, we're going to teach them how to fight. And then looking at the body and just says, uh, maybe you can, maybe you can help them remember what they're fighting for. And just after a moment, just gives you a nod and kind of trudges over to tend to his multiple face wounds. Um, I imagine there was a group working on the uh, digging the a grave. Yeah, not too far off from the lab itself. A little bit past some of the more extravagant bushes and foliage. Um, you see lilac with probably Kella actually digging this hole and, and it's it's pretty much completed there is definitely a, an area for a body and they're, they're manufacturing some sort of wooden headstone as well um 
I think that to draw attention, like as if it, holding a, a like a kid's body is enough to drawing enough attention. Um, Bo will start like kind of like a song or like a was like a hymn. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, in either like maybe in. Would I be able to? Sp- I've, my one of my languages is celestial. Would that be like too crazy? <laughs> no, you could definitely do that, hundred percent. Okay, I think that's what. But we'll do. Starts kind of singing this like prayer song, um, just to kind of and kind of just slowly making my way to there. So anyone who wants to like follow or just pay their respects along the way. And I think at this point the silence creates this sort of opportunity for this beautiful celestial like heavenly hymn that probably has a drop of melancholic notes in it to sort of carry through everybody else shadow did you have something i was just gonna say like since that seems like a place that's all kind of coming together that maybe we could jump into what shadow is doing before all that yes um so, yeah, tell me what Shadow was up to. Besides her popping in at the random places, um, at some point she goes over to Kella, who I imagine is working with the lab stuff. Yeah. And she kind of is like, hey, maybe I can help. Um, it's kind of weird, but like sometimes when I wake up, I have new memories, and I, I feel like I could help you. <laughs> uh... I'm sorry, how are your memories going to help me? I, I, could, I feel like I know how to use some of this lab equipment, so maybe I could just assist you. I, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, feel free. What what do you know? Distilling? Um, identification? Sure, just put me on it. Okay, and she sort of like brings you to the counter and she's like, I have been trying to find out the properties of this plant and and how to uh, what solvent I can use to sort of extract it. Uh, Could you possibly help me here? Yeah, I think that if you're kind of just running things and I can just assist you by mixing things and uh, giving Ah, you what you need. Yes, of course, like my lab assistant, sure. Yeah. And so she starts trying different things out and she's sort of at first, it's a little bit of a rough process. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to have your role either in a, a nature or arcana to see how much you do help her, just to give it a little more in the... Well, I actually now, due to my elven stuff, have proficiency in alchemist supplies. Oh, okay. Yeah, give me an alchemist role. Uh, would that probably be like intelligence which i'm actually not great at but uh you could use wisdom or intelligence i think same difference uh so proficiencies too so that's a 12 okay so at first it's a little rocky you're learning the lab learning where everything is and she's sort of like kind of barking orders at you uh, when she gets to work she sort of runs the lab and and like almost like she's like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen and she's like <laughs> give me the fucking baker you idiot and but eventually like Gordon Ramsay you eventually prove yourself and he's like 
this is the most delicious potion <laughs> ever. No, just kidding. But um, you manage to help her out quite a bit, and she's sort of distilling a lot of things, and then the short amount of time you spend together, she actually extracts another potion, and she's like, Remarkable, that saved me so many, so much time. Um, she hands you this bottle of orange liquid that seems to move around at an unnaturally fast sort of pace, and she says, Take this with you, it, it should help you. I was hoping to finish it in a few days, but... Well... You seem to know more than I gave you credit for. Yeah, I mean, having friends to help, it always makes a big difference. Um, I know your friend's leaving. You're probably going to miss her. I will. But Lilac has survived far more than most people, let alone girls her age. She'll be all right. Yeah, she seems really strong, and I think that uh, that she can do well. And at this point, Lilac opens the door and she says, Killer and Shadow, I need your help. You guys follow her and, and we'll cut back to the scene of the funeral as Shadow, you, Lilac, and Killer have all spent about an hour or so digging this grave. The stone set up. Bo is coming with Wesley in her arms behind her, starlit with a group of with the the resistance, um, and filtering from this in from the side is a sweaty Groth and Louie, as they are wiping their brows, covered in soot and dirt and all manner of filth. And Flint, I imagine you're kind of lagging behind the group, covered in blood. Uh, tree bark next to you. Yeah, he's just Flint's just kind of hanging back, sort of in the tree line, like wrapping his knuckles in some gauze or something. And and all of a sudden, Flint, sir. a spider bites you and pulls you up into its webs, and it's like, <laughs> oh, ah, wonderful! <laughs> I haven't had dwarf in ages. <laughs> a shadowy hand pats him twice. I don't remember the code. <laughs> Me either. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bo, you walk forward with Wesley in your arms and Tree Bark um, helps you lower him into this grave. Of course, there's no coffin or anything. They throw a sheet over the body and. Lilac steps forward, and the tension in the crowd has created this vacuum of, of absent noise, just this silence, and Lilac steps forward, and she's... I remember when we found Wesley. He was clutching the body of his father, surrounded in this small cabin by chaos and violence. Goblins had made their way into his home and killed the one thing Wesley had in this world. Me and Kella and Treebark, we found him. He was crying and devastated, understandably, as a feeling I know all too well, but very quickly he became our family. 
all of our family. If it wasn't for Wesley, we would have gone nights without food. If it wasn't for Wesley, they would have found out the Huani Manors wasn't haunted weeks ago. If it, if it wasn't for Wesley, we would have lost hope already. But because of him, because of people like him, victims of this violence and war and, and uncontained atrophy and death, people like Wesley suffer. And that's why we are here. That's why we resist. And we go forward with Wesley's honor in mind. And knowing without that young fisherman, we wouldn't be here. And she hangs her head down and she says, Bo, you're... You're holy. <laughs> Do you have a couple words? As uncomfortable and as life and death can be, um, there's one thing that we can make sure of, and that that is that Wesley will not have died in vain. And that is for us to make true going forward. She nods at you. Treebark is nodding as well, and she walks forward, grabs an old spade, and takes the first shovel of dirt, pours it atop of Wesley's body. Uh, if anyone, I don't know if anyone would notice, but probably right when she finished talking, Kelly, before Bo started, uh, Shadow just kind of slowly and quietly pushes backward till she's at the back of the crowd and just turns and runs into the trees. You get caught in a web when William spins you and eats you. That's actually where she was heading, is to hide up with William. I guess I Star wants to grab a handful of dirt and sprinkle it and just say like loud enough for the I mean everyone to hear we may not see this young boy's likeness again anytime in the near future but what we can do is prepare ourselves and fight for each other live for each other this is your duty now Rest easy. Donovan walks up and grabs a handful of dirt and sprinkles it as well. He says, Wesley was one of us. And whether it's my funeral or Star's funeral or Kevla's funeral, we'll all be here. And one by one, they start filtering and pouring dirt on the body. Yeah, as everybody's paying their respects, Groth walks up, and he's holding what, if you're really smart, you could maybe see as a very crudely cut wooden chicken, and instead of a handful of dirt, which would complete the ceremony for, like, everybody, because my hands are huge, I just drop that in, and Groth says, You hunted me a chicken once. Very nice. 
Shadow, you make your way back to the tree line, hanging under a vast web attached between two tall fir trees. What are you doing? I think she just kind of climbs up into one of the trees and is like curled in on herself, um, talking to Killam. Um, just kind of saying like, uh, they made it, they put him in the ground. He can't wake up when he's under the ground. They said he was, he was clutching his dad. He looked a lot like, like the fisherman. And just kind of goes quiet. And I think that's the last scene we see in this episode is you singing on that tree and maybe a few feet from you. A sort of reserved, not aggressive William, the spider, with a backdrop of a full moon rising into the night. And we'll pick this up next time on the Reroll Podcast. Sad woo. I know, that was, that was sad. That was, that was a good one, but that was sad. <clears throat> that was sad. Right. Not like I mean a little bit of combat, but not a lot of dice roll in this round. I didn't <clears throat> roll any dice. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons living or dead or actual events are purely coincidental. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. Please consider donating to our Patreon if you liked our content. We are hellbets on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.